0: Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Ah, let's all stand just for a moment if you could. Let's all stand. God bless you. Welcome to church this morning. It's Resurrection Sunday. Let's give it up for the, for the great... Lord God Almighty, King of Glory, Prince of Peace. Woo! Awesome! Yeah, let's continue to give it up for him. He deserves more praise than a football game, more energy than any career, any great movie, any great achievement. He deserves all the praise, all the glory. And will Lord Dear God, we give it up to you right now. Father in heaven, they said, what good could come out of Nazareth? What good? Well, 2,000 years ago, there's a lot of good happening all over the planet. And it's still spreading vastly. The, um, who's that? Voltaire, Outstanding thinker. French philosopher said, I believe, I think he said, look, like, in a hundred years, uh, or ten years or something, he said, that the Bible will be extinct, that, 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 that Christianity will be no more. Well, <laughs> actually, that was a complete reversal of what happened, because absolutely, completely, and amazingly, the gospel has been multiplied and its fruitfulness has been, it's just amazing. It's spreading through villages. The boys have just been to Africa, even in villages in Africa and to the islands, the South Pacifics. We've got some New Zealanders here And, um, and of course the great nations of the earth, the countries of the earth and all the people groups of the earth is under the shadow of the cross this morning. And so, Father, let's lift up the nations of the earth right now. We lift up the nations of the earth because, Lord, your blood still cries out. And your blood cries out for souls to be saved, for eyes to be open, and hearts to be impregnated with the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. Amen? So, this morning, Lord, we pray that in our time in which we live, that, Lord, for the reward of your suffering, that we would speak the gospel speak our testimony of how my life changed At the age of 25 living in the world. And then all of a sudden, my eyes were open to Jesus. And then Jesus come rushing into my heart. And it was amazing. And Lord, I want to see that happen over and over again. And Friday night, we had 10 to, I think 15 to 20 souls saved. 15 to 20 souls saved Friday night. Praise God for the reward of your suffering, Lord. It's not about being cooped up in four walls. It's about the gospel going out through us, through the church, and everything we can do to avail that. I pray that, God, that you would help us with strength, with resources. And, Lord, with such a, a joy to do that, that, Lord God, that we would do it until we rest in you and the saints say. Amen. God bless your church. You can take a seat. Resurrection life, imagine a man being punished for what he didn't do, publicly humiliated. And his reputation and all that he stands for dragged into the mud. Justice had to be done. God needed to vindicate this situation. He needed to reverse what happened in this cruel, this cruel fate of our Savior. And I guess Jesus, it it tells this story of an innocent man, of all his claims, of all that he said and did, being ridiculed and mocked and taken to the worst crime, the worst punishment for a crime that ever existed, and they say still exists on the planet, is to be taken to the cross. The worst, the the mockery in it and, and the absolute agony, it takes you days to die on the cross. And this was the worst form of punishment that any person could endure. And our Lord went through that. And of course the disciples and everyone thought, that's it, that's the end of this great man with all his claims and, and great teachings. And the most unique man that has ever lived. And he's dead. But God, our God, reversed the decision. And vindicated him. Who knows Jesus was dead? I mean, they they he was hanging on the cross. He breathed his last breath. It is finished. They stabbed him with a spear. Blood and water came out of his side. This man was dead. Is, is, that, is, that, is that what you believe? God had other plans. Every sin, spirit of murder, mockery, lies, every... Spirit that is running rampant across this planet. Every foul demonic spirit, every sin, every lie, everything that is wrong with the human race was thrown at our Savior. And if anything could stick, that price would prove to be naught. If any lie, if any dirt, so to speak, you've heard the saying, dirt sticks. But Satan allowed, and God allowed, the world to throw everything at him. They spat at him, they mocked him, they cursed him. Every diabolical sin and curse was thrown at the Savior. He absorbed it, but it didn't stick. He absorbed it. And he took it and he paid that price. And on the third day, he arose, our Lord, our Savior, our King. Whole, cleansed, absolutely standing in resurrection power. And he's coming back one day in that resurrection power, not just as a lamb, but as a reigning king. So, you know, there's a lot of, now, you know, it's not, church is not, and we are not, and, and God's kingdom is not meek and mild to the point where it's insipid. He's coming back as a glorious king. And so this took a lot of, I mean, it takes a lot of trust to believe in the claims of Jesus. And, and it, it takes a lot of, man, is this guy really true? Is he really, is are his claims really true? This takes a real, a wrestling and anguish in the soul, don't you think? To, be, to believe in the claims of Jesus. But then God vindicated him, Resurrection Sunday came. God, it's like a signature. It's like a massive signature by God saying, I authenticate my son Jesus. I authenticate him. He is the Savior of the world. That resurrection, that cross and the resurrection and all that represents is absolutely huge in what it represents to us as people living on this planet. The resurrection, the implications, uh, man, sin and death have been defeated. Who believes that? Resurrection shows that our sins have been paid for, that the price was worthy and our sins have been paid for. Our sins have been paid for 2,000 years ago. That's good news. Evil has been decisively broken. And guess what? We have assurance of our own personal resurrection when we die. We don't have to fear that. I grew up with my mate in the west suburbs of Sydney. His dad was a real bloke. We, We were blokes ourselves, but this guy, I'm 16, but he introduced me to his father and he was a real bloke. He used to still fight down at the pub, man. And he was the local Garbo. And uh, he used to take the young guys on. And he, man, he would carry, the, the stories of him were legendary. He would carry lumps of concrete around. And the, 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 the stories, he was a legend. And they told me years ago, 20, 25 years ago, I said, what happened to him? And, and my, my good mate told me about his father. And he said, I couldn't believe that my dad was on his deathbed. I said, yeah, he died, did he? Yeah, but he died a terrible death. He had so much fear. He, he was so fearful of dying. So fearful. I'd never seen my dad like that. I didn't think my dad could ever concede to such emotionalism of fear. He was visibly shaking as he was sharing that with me. Because his dad was a hero in his eyes. But good news, guys. We don't have to fear death. We don't. Resurrection. Resurrection life. What happens? What happens in believing in, in the claims of Jesus and believing that when we receive his forgiveness and it, it changes us forever. It absolutely changes us. Did you hear the testimony of Jamie Malcolm? Did you hear that? On Friday night? he changed it was changed we're changed forever it changes our attitude it changes the way we look at things it changes the way we look at death death has lost its sting it changes in as much as how much you believe in the claims of Jesus and who he is it changes how you look at everything and how you live your life who's with me on that and so I want to finish off with a little something at the end here by saying, help me, Pastor Phil. I want to know how to change. I want to honor this, the, the, the Son of God. I want to honor this Easter weekend and all that it represents. I do want to honor that, but help me. I'm going to help you this morning in this house. So what happens is this, is that it ain't just... Um, It's just not head knowledge. Something has happened into our... Something has happened. There's been a revolution in our heart. It's not just our head and what we believe. Something dramatic has happened on the inside of the people who believe in God. And that's going to happen this morning for some people in the house. I believe who are sitting here and just teetering on the edge, I think, of... Am I in or am I out? Because really, at the end of the day, being committed to God is this. You're either in or you're out. You either run to the cross or you run away from the cross. It says in Revelations that He'd rather you be hot or cold, not maybe, not maybe. He'd rather you say yes or no. He actually'd rather you say no, Jesus, rather than go, well, maybe... Maybe I could do a bit of Christianity, a bit of church, a bit of God, and he hates that. He hates that. He wants you to say yes and deal with all the struggles of serving him and living for him. Or he'd rather you say no, and then he'll catch up with you again later. You know what I mean? Yeah. He said, no, it's cool. Yeah, let him go. It's like our own kids. Yeah, let him leave. Let him walk out. It's cool. I'll be back we've turned the bedroom into an ensuite but anyway (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5 14 okay let's move on down the line these disciples let's 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 just talk about this story of of the story of Emma and I want to talk about it a little later on but something about this fact that when they were talking to Jesus their hearts were growing strangely warm they said when we were walking with this man the road down Emmaus, Jesus, two disciples, they said our heart was growing strangely warm as this man was talking to us. What is that? We're going to talk about that. But let's talk about what this means. This change, this change that happens on the inside. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this, and I love this, and this is the radical nat- nature of the gospel. Death and resurrection of Christ and the gift of the Spirit have changed Everything. In fact, Paul viewed the flesh as belonging to the past for believers. So I'm going to help some people who are still dealing with their flesh or d- dealing with the maybe life, the maybe. I think, I, I think I'm in God, but I think I'm... You know, is that cool if I do that? So I want to help some people understand that our sin has been dealt with. 2 Corinthians 5.14 For Christ's love compels us it's all about love guys that's why we're here that's why we've given our lives to the Lord for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died 15 and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died well there's that's a bunch of people I know that serve the Lord they're in leadership they help build the church, they turn up at church, they love the church, they love the gospel, they give to the gospel, they worship God, they're not maybe people, they have said yes to Jesus and they compel by his great love. Amen. So if you're not if you're not getting that, you need more love of God. We're going to help you with that. 16. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, meaning that you're just, you know, you you're just a body and you die and that's it and you're gone. No, you are a spiritual creature. And it says it here, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we thought he was just a a philosopher, a great teacher, but now we realize, oh my God, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we no no longer do. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new, we're new creatures in Christ, man. We're 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 not like the old self, run by the flesh and destined for death and, and, and eternal death and But now we are spiritual people infused with resurrection power. Now we're this little light of mine. mine." We got all that happening on the inside. Now we have divine purpose. Now we're not living carnally. And just letting the world entertain us with anything it can give us. Now we're living for a divine purpose in God. Now we're living for Christ. Now we're living as exporters of the greatest news that this planet has ever received through Christ. Do you know what I'm saying? When you understand that, it, you stand up into a different reality. I'm a new, I feel like I'm a new creature, man. I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm a new, a new breed. I feel like I'm a new creation. I feel like, man, what's happened on the inside of me? The old is gone, the new is here. And so what is supposed to happen, this bold contrast of how we used to live and now how we should live in the Spirit should speak to people. It should be a bold contrast when we receive resurrection life on the inside. People should see it. Francis Sissy says, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Meaning, people, even without you speaking or giving them a track or or, or whatever, people should see something on you that says, This little light of mine Let people guess, man. Don't tell them too quick what you're on. (laughs) Sanctification is life altering, it's a life altering event meaning that Christ has set us apart. Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 1, 2. I'm going to speed it up a little bit now. To the church of God in Corinth, this is Paul saying, guys, get a handle of this. You, you've been changed. This, this price on the cross, it's changed everything. You are radically changed forevermore. What do you mean, Paul? I'm meaning this word. Those sanctified. What's sanctified? Sanctified means you have been set apart. You are not carnal. You are not corrupted. You are You are now... A child of God, sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. Together with all those everywhere, we call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's calling on the name of the Lord Jesus right now? Their Lord in ours, 1 Corinthians 6.11. It says it again. And this is about what happened 2,000 years ago. It's not not talking about us now living in sanctification, but he's saying, guys, it's done. When Jesus went to the cross, it was all paid for. Every struggle you have, every flesh issue you have, every ugly thing you have in your life, it's being dealt with at the cross. And he's trying to tell them that. And he's saying in that, live in that reality. It's all being done. All that stuff. One Corinthians six eleven says again, and that it is what some of you were. You were lost, you were bound, bound for, for lostness, you were bound for eternal lostness. But but you were washed. You were sanctified, the blood of Jesus sanctified us. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. You were set apart. Now, what happens in that? And I'm testifying, I'm saying, God, thank you for our salvation this morning. I'm saying, thank you, the price was all paid for on the cross of Calvary. And what did that do for us? Let me help you with that. These are some of the things that happened. Acts 26, verse 18. What happened? you were separated from the kingdom of darkness. Acts 26 verse 18 says, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. Praise God, my eyes were opened even though it was dark and this little light of mine, someone's light shined, I went, and, I, and I went, ah, turning now and seeing that there was a kingdom of light as opposed to a kingdom of darkness that I didn't have to live in darkness. I could live in light. Man, why didn't someone tell me this years ago? Oh, my eyes were opened. Open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That's what we got to do, folks, with our friends and family so that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Man, it's a beautiful thing when you feel clean, when you can say, God, I love you. I come to you. Amen. I'm living in your presence. I'm Oh, man. And you can live in the company of God, the company of the power of the Spirit, and you're just loving God, loving Jesus, the three in one, the Holy Spirit. You're loving everything about Him. And it's a beautiful thing to know that forgiveness, isn't it not? So that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Another thing we're set apart from is the agenda of the world. We're set apart and we're separated from all this All the plans that the world has for us in the secular, in the secular, I mean, in the carnal fashion. The world has plans for you. Guess what? The world has plans for you in a carnal way, in a secular way. Does the world want you to get on fire for God and love God and little light of mine shining and, you know, and coming to church and helping the cause of Christ? No, absolutely. So the Bible says it like this. The Bible says it like this. 1 Corinthians 27. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. What's the foolish things? Well, the most despised foolish thing was hanging on a cross back in those days. God chose the weak things. He chose the weak things. He chose the, sh- he chose the humility and the kindness and the love. The things that the world said they're weak. Those things are weak. What is strong is power, influence. What is strong is these things of the world. And God said, no, it's not. Kindness, humility, love, forgiveness, kindness, they're, they're the things that are strong. We've been set apart from the power of sin and death. Praise God. If you, read all of, if you read all of Romans, but Romans chapter six to eight, and you can see the theology in there that we as people living on planet earth, we're in the grip of a vice of the evil one, even our own flesh was having its way in us but then Paul says guess what Jesus paid a price so that you can be set free you don't have to be a slave to that sin to that attitude to that addiction to that stinking thinking you don't have to be you don't have to be under the sway of the evil one you don't have to be influenced by the enemy you can be set free and set apart and live in the light of the glory of God and live a most extraordinary life. Do you love this stuff? Do you wish you could give it away to more people? Do you wish you could give it away to the Central Coast? All you've got to do is subscribe to Christ. All you've got to do is subscribe to Him and you will be blessed. A new creation. Let's move it down the line. All right, let's have a look at Matthew 6, 9, and and this is the upgraded version of what can happen when you realize that Christ has paid this valuable price, and that all of a sudden, that you now can give glory to God. Now, when I say give glory to God, I mean that your life, when people look at you, everything you do and say and are is giving glory to God. Are you tracking with me on that one? That what you do and say and what you are and who you are, it all gives glory to God. And, and, and the Bible says it like this, Matthew 6, 9, this is then how you should pray. He says, okay, now you're saved. This is how you should pray. This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed. What's hallowed mean? Meaning that, Lord, your name, let it be glorified. My, I want to be obedient to you. I, I, my will is your will. My life is your life. I, everything i I will do and 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 should do let it glorify your name jesus hallowed hallowing his name is really saying it's really bad the name of jesus i think isn't it because you can say god god but when you say jesus jesus be your name hallowed be your name meaning this when you do that you are saying jesus i want you to be glorified I want want this church to glorify you, Lord. I want my family to glorify you, Lord. I want my life to glorify you. I want my finances to glorify you. I want my lips to glorify you. I I want everything I am to glorify you. Hallowed be thy... Hallowed's a real big... It's like, wow. Hallowed be your name. That's the price of the cross. That's the price of recognizing. And if you were there 2,000 years ago, you would say, hallowed be the name of Jesus Christ. Who do they say that I am? You are Jesus. You're the Messiah. You're the Christ. Hallowed be your name. Do you see that? See, I believe God's reviving us. I believe there is a, a season of revival on the planet where God is reviving sleepy Christians despondent christians maybe christians maybe christians i believe there's a spirit of revival where people need to see the, the cross again where people need to see the risen lord's price again and they need to say say hallowed be thy name who believes that hallowing of his name what happens then the great commission get, kicks in you want to spread the good news if you want to spread his love and grace galatians 5:22, love joy peace patience kindness you want to market that you want to be a fruit stall of love joy peace patience kindness you're like a fruit marketer man who wants some love joy peace patience go here get them up here here have it you just you got it out the front yard of your house you got it at church you got it in your workplace you're just carrying around this fruit yeah here they come again man they're selling fruit again what do they sell oh fruit love joy peace patience i don't know what they're on about but yeah so you've got the Great Commission, you're marketing the, the love and the grace of God, the love, the joy, peace, patience, kindness. What else am I set apart for? Being sanctified, Pastor Phil, what else am I? Ephesians two ten says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Prison ministries this week. This week they they're gonna look after prisoners' kids. But they're prepared to do that. We're prepared to do things like that. Do you like that, Jules? And Paul makes the, Paul, the Apostle Paul makes the point to Christians, you have been sanctified, you've been set apart for a divine purpose, that is exactly what I'm trying to say right now. Someone's saying, what's he talking about, what's he getting at? I'm talking about that this prize of Christ on the cross sanctified you, set you apart from darkness to live in the light, to have the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace to be engaged in the great commission. To do good works for Him. This is the bottom line of Easter. All that represents is you to be set free to live in freedom. You don't have to be a slave to your flesh. You don't have to be a slave to the world. You can live the divine purposes and plans of God. Is your name Maddie? Where's where's your boy? Divine purposes and plans. Lisa, your boy bradley divine purposes of god two young men on friday night got hit up one gave his life to the lord from a prominent businessman on the central coast i invited him here i just invited him here to come because he was we won't mention who he is but his boy came about the same size as this young man stand up bradley bad bad yeah bradley's 14 14, the, the boy's 12 yeah he got saved this young boy got saved crying his eyes out gave his Life to the Lord, Friday night, Jamie Malcolm, great evangelist, and I thought, divine purposes of God. I thought, and I, I started to prophesy over him, and I said, Bradley, I've got the mum and dad around, I've got the kid around, I said, right, divine purposes of God. I believe you're going to stand on your dad's, uh, on your dad's shoulders, because his dad's quite an influential guy, he's a businessman, and he's done great stuff for God. And as soon as I said that, they started crying. And I said, what do you mean? Just stand there, brother. It's cool. When I, when I said that, they said, oh we don't believe that Jamie Malcolm just spoke that over him Jamie Malcolm just said the same thing two witnesses son at the same time I wanted to say this to you Friday the same thing divine purposes of God for you I don't say that about everyone but some people are born to live in the divine purposes of God and that's what I keep trying to tell you and have been trying to tell you for 10 years since you were down there bless you good buddy divine purposes of god bradley we've been set apart i'm nearly done road to amma mace let's finish up with that praise god jesus right now is this is a story of the magnificence of jesus being unveiled and who knows? In Luke chapter four, that Jesus stood up and he recited this scripture out of Isaiah, and he says, "You know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to open blind eyes, to release the oppressed, to, accept, to preach the acceptable year the of the Lord." This is fulfilled. Guess what, guys? When you when you sit under the preaching of the Word of God, it'll fix your life. It'll bless your life, your finances, your marriage, your children. Get yourself to church. Because this is a story about what happened to two disciples on the road to Amimaeus. It was a village seven miles from Jerusalem. They were walking. Christ was already being crucified. He's been killed. He's been buried in the tomb. The two disciples are anguished. They are walking from Jerusalem and they're walking to a village called Amamaze. They come across a stranger, and the stranger asks them, "Why are you guys so downbeat? Why are you guys so sad?" And they half-heartedly look at this guy, said, "You kidding, haven't you where have you been? Haven't you heard about this man called Christ Jesus?" and all his claims and all that he did over those three years, the miracles, and we thought he was going to redeem Israel, and we thought he was going to restore order to this planet. And and they're saying this, but they're sullen, they're downbeat, they're depressed. They really had such a faith that Jesus would deliver and be king, ruling king, like as a politician, but it wasn't to be. The foolishness of the cross and taking the sins on the world had to be done according to the scriptures. And so he's talking to these guys, he's walking along with them, and they the Bible says their eyes are closed to who he is. Their eyes are closed. So they're walking with this man who is Christ and he has risen but they don't know it and they're saying, yeah, and guess what? They, they, his body's gone. What's that? What's that mean? His body's gone. And then he says, and then Jesus says in Luke twenty-four, twenty-five, "Oh foolish ones. Now, foolish, I've got to help you with that. When when I say foolish, it's not really about tomfoolery. It's really about you are ignorant. You should know through the Scriptures. You should know through the Word of God. So, again, oh foolish ones. And the second thing he says, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. So then Jesus begins, this is crunching the story, He says, you're foolish of heart, you're ignorant, you should know better, but you're slow of heart. You do know a bunch of stuff, but you're slow on the pickup. So he begins, Jesus begins to unfold his life unveiled right back to the book of Genesis, right back to Moses, to the five first books of the Bible. And he says, this is where Jesus was. Jesus was here in this prophecy. Jesus was here in this story. Jesus was here in that. Jesus was... And he takes him... And and this... Because it's it's a... It's a journey. It's seven miles. I don't know how long it takes, but it's a journey. Seven hours maybe. And Jesus... This is the greatest Bible study. How would you like to do a Bible study with Jesus? You know what I mean? And so Jesus takes him right back to the first five books of the Bible, and he takes him right through the Old Testament, all through the prophets, the minor, the big, and takes him through... And brings them up to the present day. And shows these. And while he's doing that, their hearts are growing strangely warm. It's amazing what happens when you listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your heart begins to grow strangely warm. I'm nearly done. 24:27 says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself? I, be, I believe he even quoted Genesis 3:15, "And I will put my enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel." There's a prophecy. And as Jesus begins to unveil himself through the scriptures, they realize, "Oh my God. Oh my God, it's the risen Lord. Their eyes were opened. They say that they were so energized by this revelation that as soon as they turned up in this village of Amamaeus, they turned and walked back, empowered. It's amazing what you can do in God, empowered by God, empowered by the gospel. They walked back, seven miles back to Jerusalem, you as you would, the resurrected. He's risen, he's the Lord, oh my God, it's true, right back. Through the whole Bible, they said this would happen to my God. Father in heaven, I guess Paul then says in Romans, he says, yeah, there's a struggle on this planet of your flesh and of your spirit. And yes, Jesus has redeemed you. He's set you apart you have been sanctified all the struggles all the sin all the temptations every single thing has been paid for at the cross of calvary and he explains that through the book of romans and then he says in romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 he virtually says this should be your response romans 12 verse 1 therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will i believe let's all stand god bless you i believe jesus is still asking us who do you say that i am who do you say that i am I believe there's people standing right here in this house under the inspiration of the gospel and your heart has grown strangely warm to the claims of Jesus Christ and to the preaching of the gospel. And I believe, what a better day. What a better day to say yes to these most extravagant claims of Jesus Christ, to choose to follow Him, to be cleansed of your guilt, to choose to be guided by Him, to choose to be loved by Him, and to be empowered by Him. What a great gift. What an awesome gift to live in His presence all the days of your life, to be given a promise of eternity. All the good that God wants to do, all the good that He has done, all the good that he will do is being propositioned to you this morning. Can I help you this morning? If your heart has grown strangely more warm towards God, like those two disciples on the road to Amimaeus, I would love to lead you through a prayer, a prayer of salvation, whereby you can say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in your claims that you are the Son of God, that you came to die for my sin, that my sin has been paid for by your sacrifice on the cross, by your blood. If you can believe that, the Bible says in Romans that if you confess with your mouth Jesus Lord and acknowledge in your heart that He was raised from the dead, that He lives at the right hand of the Father, and that even right now He's smiling towards you, He's smiling over your life, If you can acknowledge that by saying, yes, Jesus, the Bible says you can be saved. That's the good news. Amen. The Bible says you can be saved. Some have done this years ago, but now you're not sure. You're a little bit maybe. I'm a maybe guy. I think, I think, yes, I believe. But he's not asking you to tick a box. He's asking you to say, yes, I believe. He's asking you to say, yes, I believe in you, Jesus. I want to pray for some people this morning. Our time is gone, but quickly, the most amazing gift, the most amazing gift is this, and the most amazing miracle is this, that you can be saved out of darkness, that you can be separated from a lost eternity, that you can be saved into eternal loving kingdom of our God, our Savior, and that you can live with that divine smile on your life forevermore and who would not want that but right now in this house let's everyone in the house begin to pray right now it's not a trivial decision to follow Christ huge consequences your heart will change you'll become more generous like Andrew was saying in the giving message he just wants to give and he wants to bless that's going to happen Light's going to shine because God's asking each and every one of us to help spread this good news out for the reward of His suffering. We want to do that. We want to spread the gospel. We want to share it with our friends. But first, it begins with you by receiving a revelation of the risen Lord into your life, into your heart. Right now, as hearts are contemplating, eyes are closed bow your head if you will please Father in heaven I just pray by the power of your spirit that there be people in this house this morning Lord in your house Lord God that you paid for Lord with your blood with your sacrifice I pray this Lord God that this morning people would be bold and Lord and say I believe I say yes to Jesus, to the Risen Lord, and I receive the forgiveness of my sin. I receive that price, paying for all my sin. I receive that right now. I believe it. I want it. I thank God for it. I, I need it. And God's going to lead you and guide you for the rest of your days into your best life. And if you want that, if you want to receive that. Just gonna ask you to slip your hand up right now in the name of Jesus from the front to the back. I've got a prayer for you, a short prayer. I'd love to ask you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tagra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.